Welcome to Keeping It Real with Frankie D, the very first Italian-American podcast and the home of your Italian-American moment. I'm your very proud host, Frankie D, and we can be heard at ItalianAmericanLife.com, on iTunes, Stitcher, your podcast app. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and connect with us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. My guest today is Tom Benjamin, the author of The Hunting Season, Death Stalks the Hills of Bologna. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being with us. Thank you very much for having me. So I understand um, you live in Bologna, Italy. You wrote a book about Bologna, and I'm assuming that you are an Italian. Uh, Well, actually, I am an Italian. Please. I'm I'm an Italian citizen now. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks to Brexit. Do you have family uh, that, that goes back to Italy? Is that how this works? No, no, no. Um, my wife is Italian. Uh, we moved here about uh, 14 years ago um, because basically she was, um, we met in London and she was offered a job here and, you know, she took me along with the luggage, basically. Um, I, I, I could work freelance. It was pre-COVID, but I could still do a lot of work from home. So I came along. And um, yeah, but now I'm actually an Italian citizen because, um, well, you know, I kind of saw Brexit coming. And um, so even before that, they'd voted for Brexit, I used the fact that I was a European Union citizen um, to apply for Italian citizenship. And that kind of gave me a kind of a head start. So I only had to have been here, resident here for four or five years, I think. And because of that, you know, I eventually got Italian citizenship. Is your wife from Bologna? No, she's from Puglia. She's from Puglia. What part of Puglia? Um, uh, the province of Foggia. Foggia. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I have a brother-in-law that is from a, a city called Trigiano in Puglia. Not too far from Bari. It's she's a very. They're, they're just on the edge of the Gargano, which is just fantastic. Fantastic. Well, that's wonderful. I'm assuming you have been there uh, many times. Or? Oh, yeah. Plenty, plenty of times, plenty of times. Well, that's wonderful. You live in Bologna. That's beautiful. Uh, you know what? Uh, tell me a little bit about the city of Bologna, because it's, it's a fascinating city. And I know about the university. Um, are there lots of, of, do you even say foreigners anymore? I don't know, like non-Italians living in Bologna. I mean, it's a it has the university. I'm assuming there's a lot of, with universities, you probably get a lot of uh, non-Italian students. Yeah. I mean, in fact, there are a couple of American universities that are, that are based here. Uh, John Hopkins, for example, is based here. Also, Brown University is based here. I mean, in Italy, obviously. <laughs> we used to have the Brown University students living beneath us, and uh, they were pretty loud lot. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's uh, Bologna has the oldest university in the world, as far as I'm aware, that has been in continuous existence. 1188, I think, something like that. I believe so. I always uh, I always promote that. It's the oldest university in the world, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, um, inter- yeah, there are quite a lot of foreigners here. I mean, you know, over the years, 
Bologna because there was basically just Bologna and Paris. And so, you know, if you wanted to have a university education, you had to either come to Bologna or Paris. And that's one of the reasons why, um, as far as I'm aware, Bologna has sort of developed all these porticos because it's, you know, known as the city of porticos. It has something like, gosh, I'm not sure what it would be in miles. Is it about 22 miles of porticos? They've just won a UNESCO World Heritage status. And they were developed because, you know, basically, it was a boom city in medieval times. You know, it was, I, I, I tend to call it like the Manhattan of the medieval world, because they were not only throwing up all of these towers everywhere, which was another story, <laughs> they were also kind of building outwards to accommodate all the students who are coming in. And so that because they're building out, out outwards out of the front of their houses, they were actually kind of putting them on stilts basically. <laughs> and that kind of led to them creating porticos. And then after that, it became a city ordinance from the medieval times to I think the present day, that if you kind of built uh, a building in the center of Bologna, it had to have porticos. So, uh, so yeah, so it's all of which I, I, I knew nothing about any of this when we came. Um, and you were saying to yourself, you're not that familiar with Bologna. And, you know, I knew nothing about it. And with, and I think that that's one of the things that drove me to write about it, because when we came here, I mean, I had, you know, I thought Bologna, woof, don't know anything about it. It's something to do with pasta and maybe the automobile industry, something like that. Now I think it's got a lot more, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little little better known now. I think there's been some, cook, you know, some cooking programs that have come here. I think there's Eat, Pray, Love. Um, I think the author of that, you know, came to came came to Bologna. You know, there 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 is in, in increasing kind of recognition. But when I arrived, knew nothing. So I was fascinated with the city and wanted to sort of explore it and explore it through the books. And, um, and so yeah, they were inspired by Bologna. Oh, absolutely. Oh no, absolutely. Because you know, I came here and. Uh, you know, I, I I had a very strange kind of well, I mean, it's it's quite strange actually to become a to be a, a sort of an immigrant to Italy in itself. I mean, you know, the Italians are the are the famous immigrants, aren't they? Emigrants, if you like. You know, they've come to America. Hundreds, thousands of them came to the UK. I mean, in the town that I grew up with, it was like known as one of the kind of Italian towns. Um, you know, the, the, yeah, the folks at my school were, were from, you know, their parents were from Sicily. They'd speak in dialect to each other. Yeah. So you kind of had been around Italians then growing up. This wasn't so yeah, yeah, yeah. foreign to you. No, 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 no. But I mean, it, it was very foreign to me um, because, um, you know, I think that, you know, for a start, that the Italians I was kind of growing up with, you know, they're kind of southern, mainly southern Italians. Another thing that's quite a different culture from, you know, the northern Italian culture, which is, it's, it's almost kind of, you know, pe people have this kind of perception of, of Italians as being a kind of an amorphous blob. Um, but obviously, as you, as you will know yourself, you know, there's, there's a massive kind of range of different kind of cultures and characteristics and so on. And, you know, the Bolognese are very sort of proper and, you know, quite reserved and so on. And they don't kind of fit, you know, one's idea of, of what Italians would necessarily be like or the kind of, you know, popular cliches. A hundred percent. Yes. It's, there's, there's, I've been to Italy five times uh, and I've been in the South and I've been in the North and I've been in the Central and, there, there's definitely a uh, a difference. 
uh, yeah. there definitely is a difference with with customs, cultures, uh, yeah. dialects, uh, many things. So for sure, Bologna is in what region? Um, it's in Emilia Romagna. That's what I. That's what I thought. Well, that's definitely on my uh, next trip to Italy. I, I definitely. I've never been to the region. I've never been to Bologna, uh, and it sounds just fascinating. So I definitely have to go. So how many books have you written total? Uh, right. So um, three uh, so far. Three. Um, in fact, I've just written the fourth one. I just. I'm, I'm literally. Um, I'm literally uh, about to send the fourth one to the publisher. Um, What's the title so, of the fourth one? Uh, the fourth one is called. Ah, well, that's a good question, actually. The fourth one is called Italian Rules, um, but I'm actually going to press the uh, publisher, and she may not agree. So, <laughs> uh, for it to have a subtitle, I think it'll have to be kind of sold on the cover as Italian Rules. But on the title page, I want it to be Italian Rules or the Three Endings of Tony Fausto. So, um, so yeah. I noticed that there was no cover to the book, and when I looked, when I looked you up, and I'm thinking, what is that? I didn't understand. It says Italian rules, but it's just like black. So you well, have a cover. It's not actually been released yet. No, I mean that won't be released. Well, it won't be released in the UK until um, May next year. Um, although there will be a version coming out for export in, I think, November or something. Um, but basically, they gave me another a three book contract. So I had to kind of give them synopsis for the next few books. And and weirdly, weirdly, these things kind of find their way onto kind of book platforms. And you're and you're thinking to yourself, well, OK, they kind of agreed these books, but am I sure that they're the ones I want to write? <laughs> so so so, yeah, I mean, in fact, you know, after after Italian rules, I've got a pretty good idea of the next one, but then the the the, the one after that, I, I'm not sure. So, so okay, so are all the books based on this one character? Yeah, Daniel. Daniel How do you say his last name? Oh well, that's 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 the point. That's that's a kind of private joke, really. Well, not private, but um, his you say his name is Lester, Daniel oh, Lester. Lester. Yeah, because because often um, it's you know you get I, I chose the name because it is difficult for most foreigners unless they actually know how to pronounce it to say. So, so you know, often foreigners will say, you know, Leicester or... Without whatever. a doubt, being American, I would have yeah. never said Leicester. I, yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure how you said it, but I would never have said Leicester, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so all books are based off of this character. They're, yeah. Are they all based on Bologna as well? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Bologna for me is a character in in the novels um very very much so um you know so i have you know daniel lester my my english detective um you know based in bologna he has his family um with him you know which of course is ob obviously very important and is this know, really, based off of you or no how much how much <laughs> here's the, here's what i'm thinking it's an englishman who's a detective that i believe from yeah. the book i read yeah was a policeman. Yeah, uh, no, he was an investigative reporter. Oh, oh okay, that's right, that's right. But yeah. I understand your background. Yeah. I know you work for Scotland Yard in some capacity, yeah. and you're an Englishman and married an Italian and lives in Bologna. So I'm just like, you know, I'm not that smart, but... Yeah, maybe there's one or two similarities, you know. But I mean, to be honest with you... Um, 
you know, I do see Daniel as quite different. Um, obviously, he has a very different home life. Um, and um, yeah, I obviously, but I, I very, very deliberately chose um, a foreigner, i.e. an Englishman in Italy, um, because you do get, you know, there are some great writers, Donna Leon is the, the classic, for example, um, you know, who, who have Italian policemen um, in Italy. But for me, you know, I mean, I came here, you know, I was no spring chicken, you know, I was like 45. I knew nothing about Italy, um, really. Um, you know, I, I almost came here by accident. Um, and, you know, and I had to just throw myself into, into this foreign, strange city as, as you know, uh, how can I put it, you know, completely cold. And I had to learn the language completely cold. I'd not studied Italian or anything before. So at 45, um, you did not know Italian? No, no. Nothing? Nothing. nothing. And now you speak Italian? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, okay. you live. You're going to in Okay. <laughs> but no, but you, I'm, I'm sure you speak better than I do. No, but, no, 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 no. Tu stai là, tu abiti proprio in Italia. Io sono italiano, posso comunicare, però tu sei, tu sei italiano. Io sono, eh, 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 io sono proprio italiano adesso, sai, un, eh. sai sono un cittadino. Ma, look, um, yeah, and it was like the hardest thing I'd ever done. And actually, this, this um, actually was the colonel, I'm not sure you say colonel, of my, my inspiration, to be honest with you. So... Um, yeah, we, we moved here about 14 years ago, but actually for the first three years, I um, commuted between London and Bologna um, every week because um, you, you can do that in Europe because, you know, it's like being in America, you know, it would be like a, I, I'd leave the house at like six. I'll be at my um, desk in London at 930, you know. And, How did you get there? Was this, uh, was this a plane, obviously? Or? Plane. Yeah, yeah, plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah because... The UK was an hour behind, so you know I would just kind of like take off, get an early flight, land, um, you know, get the train in, and you know, there I'd be. Anyway, so I did that for a few years, during which time I I learned absolutely no Italian um, because you know I didn't have the time. I was holding down a full time job and everything like that. Anyway, long long story short, after about four or five years, I decided to properly move live in Italy to do that had to absolutely learn the language because you know I had no intention of being you know one of these kind of expats who sort of just relies on other people because you know you couldn't do that anyway in Bologna because there isn't a huge expat community you know it's people say you know go to Bologna to learn Italian because no one speaks English <laughs> so so you know I had to do that and uh, so I got this job working um, basically at the door of a homeless, well, a, a, a canteen for poor people. Um, and I was like the doorman there. And um, I mean, this was after I'd done, you know, I did language school for about three months. Don't get me wrong. I did language school for about three months, studied quite hard, would walk out the day. I mean, I could like discuss going to the swimming pool with, you know, Turkish teenagers um, brilliantly. And then I'd go out the door and then someone would say something to me and I'd be like, do what? I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, so I thought, really, I need to kind of like be in a proper Italian environment. So I ended up getting this job and it was quite hardcore, actually. You know, I'm 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 no tough guy or anything. 
And, you know, I ended up having to sort of like, you know, break up fights and it was, it was like, you know, there was no health or safety or anything. <laughs> and, you know, I'd have to go out and like, you know, select the people who would be eating that day. It was like really hardcore and really grim. And, um, but it also showed me completely. And I was thinking, wow, this is like an Italy that people have like no idea of, you know, obviously we all go to Italy on holiday and, you know, sample the lovely food, the lovely weather, you know, I was like there in the middle of winter, snow, rain, freezing, you know, crime, all the rest. And I thought, well, this is just really interesting. This is a completely different Italy in a completely different city that people aren't used to. And that's when I started to think about, well, I'd love to write about this. And then I thought, well, I'd love to write about this, but like no one's going to write, no one's going to, you know, want to read a book about a bloke working in a homeless shelter in Bologna. You know, that's a bit too grim. And so um, then, as fortune would have it, I came across this book called Naples 44 um, by Norman Lewis. And um, it was it's recommended to, to everyone. And it was basically Norman Lewis was this uh, British essayist um, who was kind of quite well known in the 1950s and 60s. Um, just a brilliant writer. I mean, he writes with kind of Orwellian precision. And this was actually his diary of his time as a secret policeman in Naples in 1944. Basically, the, uh, the Americans had occupied Naples and they needed someone to like basically do the secret police work there. But the, Brit the American uh, military didn't have a sort of secret police wing. So they called in the British and this guy was part of that. And so, so basically it was his diary of his time in Naples, which was this city starving, um, you know, in 1944, this city was starving. It was booby trapped everywhere by, you know, the, the retreating Germans. And, oh my goodness, there are like so many stories that he tells about his time in Naples. And, um, you know, uh, well, you just have to read it. And it's just incredibly moving, incredibly eye-opening and incredibly unsparing. And I thought to myself, wow, I want to do something like this, but for Bologna now. I mean, obviously not as kind of great as Norman Lewis, but that, that was what kind of gave me my, that was my inspiration, you see. So coming back to your original point, oh, you know, hey, you English guy, you know, this is just about you. <laughs> no, actually, you know, my inspiration was really Norman Lewis. That's where I got my idea from. And in fact, when I tend to think of Daniel, I tend to think of him more like Norman Lewis than I do myself. Okay, you know, you answered that question. Yes, absolutely. So basically, you're moving to Italy, inspired you, made you a writer. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I wrote before, but I never got anything published. I think it's probably best to say that I was a writer looking for a subject. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'd written a few books before, sent them to agents, no one had picked them up. Um, you know, I, 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 my background was in journalism. I thought I could write. Probably I was too confident about that because actually I think a lot of journalists think they can write novels and so don't bother actually learning how to. Um, and, you know, actually one of the things I recognised was with the process of beginning, because, you know, my first book, A Quiet Death in Italy, um, you know, that was actually the second totally 
new novel that I had written based on my experience of Bologna, you know, and I, and with that second one, I'd gone to a kind of literary consultancy and got someone to, to, to do a kind of um, report on it and all the rest, you know, so I really had to kind of struggle to learn how to write fiction, you know, I mean, I could write a nice sentence, but, you know, constructing stories and all the rest is a different matter. So, but, you know, it was Norman Lewis who gave me kind of, you know, basically, yeah, I thought, well, obviously I can't, well, I didn't want to write, you know, a British policeman in, in, in Boulogne, that seemed unreasonable and unrealistic, but I thought having an, a private eye who was, you know, working for his, you know, um, wife's company, you know, it all kind of fitted. And you know what else I really, uh, I liked about the book that you, you incorporated truffles. Yeah. I'm assuming is something that does grow in Emilia Romagna. In the hills. Yeah. In the hills. So, I mean, this was like something about the area that's a yeah. true thing and it's in the book. And I, I like that. I like that. because Yeah, you- yeah it's, it's absolutely true, actually. This whole business about counterfeit, counterfeit truffles, you know, it, it was just a mate of mine was saying, because, you know, we would go out into the countryside and uh, during truffle season and, um, you know, he would like take us to the local restaurants or whatever. And he would say, oh, you know, there's like a drought at the moment. And actually, you know, these these truffles, you know, don't come from, you know, this area. They come, they're shipping in, them in from somewhere else. Um, and then he talked about how his, um, how his uh, grandfather used to just do it for a hobby. Um, and then over the years, you know, as the kind of truffle trade became, you know, got bigger, you know, people would like steal his truffle dogs that he was like training and, and all this sort of business. And so, you know, it was a real eye opener. Um, it's so I it's well huge money. I mean, it's it's this is quite expensive. Uh, uh, God's gifts under the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. And I mean, oh, the- uh, Tartuffi, right? Yeah. Tartuffi. That's what, okay. Yeah, and like, um, yeah, here, I mean, in Emilia Romagna, it's it's a little less, um, it's not quite as, you know, they're not quite as famous. I don't think they, you know, cost quite as much and all the rest, but it's, you know, a business and it's a trade. And, you know, I and I thought, well, it's also a damn good story. So, you know. So now does the future, as far as your personal life, are you going to remain living in Bologna? Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Um um, I mean, you know, I didn't become an Italian citizen for nothing. <laughs> I'm your living uh, dream of many. Well, not really. Yeah. I, you know, I myself, I would love someday to yeah. stay a little while in Italy. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's funny because your story about writing, you know, I always, for me, Italy was like a magical place. Like I yeah. just, I just really loved it. And, uh, um, you know, things happen there. And mm-hmm. and all the trips, I really enjoyed it. And uh, my wife was born in Italy, mm-hmm. uh, but completely different than a Bologna situation. Mm-hmm. She's from a very small town in Calabria, mm-hmm. up in a mountain, mm-hmm. and it's a una frazione. Yeah, yeah. un paese, una frazione di un comune. It's mm-hmm. one street, yeah. and it, it's just you know, it's 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 gorgeous. It's breathtaking. Yeah. It's 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 like you feel nature and God and you just, you know, I know it's a different story when you live there every day. I I, I get that. But I, I, I love Italy and that's great that you're doing this and that you're you're enjoying it. And you love it there. And 
It's true, yeah. And, you know, Italy is magical. I mean, you know, there's no two ways about it. I wasn't really that kind of, you know, I mean, obviously I was interested in Italy in so much as, you know, before we came here, um, but no more so than anywhere else in particular. And, you know, I have to say that I really have, you know, developed a kind of abiding affection uh, for the country. I mean, yeah, you're right. There is a huge difference between uh, living here and and I think in particular working here um, and, um, you know, coming here on holiday. I mean, there's a reason, unfortunately, that, you know, Italy is a, a nation of emigrants. You know, you've still got you know, huge amounts of the young people leave Italy, you know, in search of work, you know? Exactly, yes. It's, so, so, so I always say to, I always say to, to my, my British friends, for example, I say, you know, it's a great place to live. It's a pretty tough place to work. And I think that that's fundamentally the, the, the issue uh, with, with Italy, to be honest with you. Well, hopefully, you know, you can kind of like, to, you know. No, no, no. I've heard that many times. That's not something, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I've heard that. And I don't know much about politics and all the things happening there. But I, I understand that the economy has improved a little bit under uh, Mario Draghi. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope it keeps going that way. I I, I find it. I, it is a magical place. It's a beautiful place. The most UNESCO sites in the world. Hands down. Hands yeah. down. Not even close. Second place. Uh, so I I hope that the country stabilizes uh, politically, financially. I hope I'm you know mm. I'm just yeah. an American in Chicago. So, <laughs> but yeah, well, I mean, I think that um, you know I, I also think that there's a there's a there's a perception of 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 Italy being and it's a perception Italians share themselves of like Italy being in kind of perpetual crisis. Um, yeah, at the same time you know, it perpetually endures. And, 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 and actually, you know what, um, this kind of strip, you know, when we're talking about Emilia Romagna, uh, we're talking about, you know, um, Tuscany, uh, um, what do you call it, um, Trento, Venezia, all these areas, you know, if you kind of like took that kind of great swathe of Northern Italy out, it would be as rich as Germany. Don't ever forget that. You know, this kind of like swathe here is, you know, in terms of head per head, GDP and all the rest, as far as I'm aware, I don't think I'm exaggerating, it's as wealthy as Germany, even as wealthy as Luxembourg. Uh, Emilia Romagna has like the best um, healthcare in Italy and its healthcare is comparable, you know, every time you kind of like have a measure of it, its healthcare is comparable to like Switzerland or, you know, at least the best places in Germany. So, you know, what, and this is why, precisely why um, La Lega, you know, the kind of like right wing, they used to be called La Lega Nord because they wanted to separate the North, you know, from, from the rest of Italy. Um, so, you know, there are very much, you know, two Italys. And I think I write about this in, you know, some of the books, you know, this, this sort of sense that there is a separation, but they are connected. And, um, yeah, so, 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 yeah, I think that's worth bearing in mind when people think about Italy. You know, there, there is this kind of perception, but it's, it's not necessarily how things actually are. I think that actually Italy is probably in a healthier, better place than, than is commonly perceived by outsiders.
Well, that's good to know. That's very encouraging. And, and thank you for all this information because it's, it's uh, quite interesting. Um, your books, how does someone find your books? Ah, right. Well, in the U.S., um, apparently there was a bit of a delay um, because of all the COVID crisis with the shipping and everything. But I think that they're basically all coming out now. Um, so um, I think that you can pre-order them on Amazon. Um, they're, they're coming out in March. Perhaps uh, the, my, the, my first book, A Quiet Death in Italy, is out even earlier than that. But it's all available for pre-order via Amazon or, or also at your local you know, bookstore. Um, I think that I, I, there was a review of The Hunting Season on Publishers Weekly. Um, so I'm not sure. Hopefully that will have kind of um, fed through to the bookstores and so on. because it's quite a positive review. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think most people, like most people everywhere, tend to get their books from, from Amazon. <laughs> you're, you're 100% right. So Tom Benjamin, uh, yeah. the author of three books. I personally read The Hunting Season. I, it was a great book. I very much enjoyed it. I, I love to read and I, I loved reading this book. And I look forward to reading the others. Uh, I just happened to start with this one. So uh, I definitely am going to read the others. So uh, Tom, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for all the the uh, info on Bologna and and the update on Italy and your and your enthusiasm about Italy. I, I really love that. So well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. And uh, to all my Italian Americans out there, buy this book, buy all the books by Tom Benjamin. They're they're very much worth it. Very, very good read. So thank you. Thanks.